name is uh, Bobby Sapisi. Let me think. Um, you know, strength and conditioning hasn't been around uh, all that too, too long, you know, uh, I think as like a paid profession. And um, <clears throat> I always had somewhat of an interest in, you know, obviously training, but even more so like, I guess early on, I defined it as um, people with, you know, high ambition, you know, and I always thought that athletes had that. Um, so I always wanted to do something like that. I just didn't even know what it was. And um, I, I joined the Marine Corps out of high school. And while I was in the Marine Corps, I, um, I got to working with some remedial uh, Marines. And those are Marines who have difficulty passing uh, PFT, you know, so they need some, some extra work in, in learning how to do pull-ups or run or sit-ups, et cetera. Um, from there, I went into some personal training. You know, I thought that that was the direction that I wanted to go. And I quickly learned that that really wasn't my thing. And then, uh, you know, I really took a liking to strength and conditioning. Um, I did it at high school for a number of years. And then I did a, an internship at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And um, I was still a student at that point. I came back um, to Cal. I had a semester left. And I thought, well, I can just be a normal dude, a normal student, you know, or I can volunteer. And, um, you know, that was in 2006. And 2007, the rest is history. And I've, I've been at Cal ever since. Yeah. So I'll give everyone a little bit of a backstory between me and you. And that was... Um... I came, I came to Cal U, uh, let's see, can you still hear me? All right, I can see you now. It's all good. So, um, uh, the connection between uh, you and I was, I came in as a senior at Waynesburg University, uh, needed an internship, started with you and Phil and Jason, and that was the, that was my kind of just thrown into the pit, got to see everything, had to learn immediately. Oh, and uh, Justin Henley as well, um, who's doing big things. Um, that's another person I need to bring on here. Um He's uh, now building his own facility, which is awesome. And yeah, um, uh, I still reference you to this day <laughs> when talking to, talking to athletes that are kind of like, you know, you're intimidating and, you know, like talking to me and saying some of the stuff you have us do is crazy. And I said, you know, my experience in the weight room when I first started was intimidating. Like uh, I remember coming in with like Rontez Miles, Eric Cush. And some of those guys over the summer and then doing, you know, some of the 6 a.m. or 5 and 6 a.m. conditionings coming in and doing their lifts. And me being a senior in college, working with, you know, NFL recruits and, you know, getting ready for their pro day. And then um, end up with working with the volleyball team and uh, some of the soccer teams. And it was wild to realize what I was able to learn in a very, very short period of time. I didn't realize that uh, you were around that long ago. My goodness, that's been 
quite a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So I know. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, uh, the one the the memory I tell the most is when we had. Um, it was during the. It was towards the end of the summer, and we had the softball camp that came in, and me and you were walking from the weight room and that short little walk through the auxiliary gym out to the courts. And um, for anyone who has any idea, it was a matter of like a two minute walk. So um, I had one of the scariest moments happen within that walk. And that was you telling me I'm going to go over footwork. I'm going to go over the agility. We're going to work on the speed mechanics and, you know, um, I'm just going to have you do the reaction game with a tennis ball. And I said, okay, cool. I'm like, I can do that. That's easy, sweet. And we get everything together and we go, me and you walk out and you go, oh, and by the way, I have a meeting at 930. So you're going to be running the whole thing. And in my, in my, my mind, I was screaming and, and my heart, my heart dropped and all I could come up with was, okay, I got you. <laughs> that was it we're <laughs> running through it and phil was there and justin was there and i looked behind the court and there you are standing watching me and i went he did not really do this to me and then watched <laughs> me and then you i looked up and you were gone you went to your meeting and you came back and i went that meeting lasted 10 minutes there's no way he did this to me <laughs> but that moment of pure fear was the one thing that catapulted me forward to do basically everything I'm doing now. That's, that's awesome to hear, you know, uh, with every one of our interns and in, in graduate assistants, and especially if you've experienced is there, there's such an incredible amount of, of athletes and opportunity. Um, that we try to expose everyone to it, you know, and especially, you know, people like yourself and, you know, you, you mentioned a spider web of people and there's an even larger spider web and just giving people, you know, a very rich, fulfilling experience that you can take along with you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I know, and, uh, I know my, my way of looking at how training went from my preconceived notions was kind of like blown out of the water. Um, I got to see you guys change your training methods and modalities very drastically within a short period of time, once or twice. And I remember asking you, you know, like, why did we go from so much dynamic to now so much movement and more primal? And you know, you just rattled off all this information. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, at some point, I have to get to this, you know. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I never told you this, but um, this is one of the things I always tell my athletes to ask questions. And whenever I was in um, interning, I always try to come up with some kind of good question every single time, because I knew in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be some question. I'm going to ask him, and he's just going to be, yeah, that's really simple. It's this, it's this. And I'm like, that wasn't a good question. I need a better question. I want something that's going to stump him. 
or at least give him <laughs> make him give me this like huge convoluted answer and i'm just like yes i'm finally getting it but i found out that that's not what it was about it was about learning the basics it was about interacting with the athletes it was about making sure that inside outside the weight room was good um that we were doing our job regardless of the numbers it was there was so much more outside of just that hour that they came in yeah it's 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 almost like a like a three to one or four to one scale you know in terms of the thinking that goes in 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 into the program into the preparation like how things look how they smell you know the the volume on the music to the heat in the weight room to you know our body position you know either talking with an athlete or kind of running the room you know there uh there's so many layers to it um you know and one thing that i i, I don't know um that i'd come across this when you were an intern you know but uh when I talk to my graduate assistants now, and let's say if we're talking about squats or something, and they're like, oh man, how can I get this athlete to squat deeper? And uh, is build a relationship. Like I think the very first step is, is gaining trust. You know, you have, to, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust in your athletes and, and that becomes reciprocated. And once they trust you, you know, the sky's the limit at that point, yeah. you know, but if they don't truly believe that you have their best interests in mind, it's going to be a hard sell no matter what. Yeah. yeah I know with, I mean, I deal with now mostly teenagers um, and just athletic performance more or less. Uh, I've got very few college athletes. Um, it's usually when they're home on breaks and summer vacation and all that, but um, it really is. I try and hammer home more, morals and values than anything else. Um, standing with the girls in my club, it's a big, you know, I want you to walk out of here as a responsible, independent adult. Um, and I know at 18, we're still not adults. You know, we get treated like them, but there are a lot of times that those athletes aren't adults yet just because they haven't experienced certain things. But um, I try and give them the tools as best as possible, kind of like what you're saying. Um, and if anyone if anyone thinks four years is a long time, it's you know in and out. That's it's really it's super super quick. And you know then to watch, like I've got a couple twelve and eleven year olds that I work with in volleyball, and I'm like you know they're going to be sixteen in no time. And it's going to be wild to see that development and look at them and go, here's this video of you learning the sport and learning how to we'll say lunge where you were falling over every time or your knee would just collapse. And now you're jumping, grabbing the rim and doing these things that you didn't even think were attainable. So it's, it was really cool to see me grow internally. And I actually found, I found my intern journal when I had to take notes every day and my writing even in that six months, my writing changed, how I wrote about myself changed, how I wrote about what we did changed. And then I look back on it now and go, wow, I was really young. You know, everyone thinks 
there's this conceived notion like 22, 23, you're graduating, you're an adult. No, you are young. Um, yeah. You know, when I first got my CSCS, I was 23. And I was fresh in the game. And now I'm seven years in. And, you know, it's it's still learning experience. I think once it stops becoming a learning experience, you need to move on to something else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, as you're mentioning that and looking through, you know, a 23 year old's eyes, you know, it's like you start to notice like how many things change in, in its perceived value. You know, like I think a lot of us, me included, um, I can remember chasing numbers as a young person, you know, how much do you squat? How high do you jump? And, and just totally focusing just on them. And I like to think um, that now being in my fourth decade, I've, I've found a little bit of balance, you know, but I, I'm sure, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and I'm like, what are you thinking? You know? Um, but at least um, I think at this particular point, you know, balancing um, the short term and the long term game, you know, the, the spirit of an individual as well as, as, you know, having some grace and having some empathy for, you know, who they are, what they want to, and trying, trying to help them to continue to piece their lives together to become a better, whatever it is that they want to become. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of how we've transitioned instead of saying, you know, I don't care about any of that stuff. I just care about how much you're squatting, how fast you're running, or, you know, which you know, that's the short game. And I think what we all, or at least what we've come to understand is that, you know, focusing more on the individual and, uh, you know, showing them their own value and their own worth really Mm -hmm. magnifies all of those other things. Because once, once Uh those internal things happen, it seems that the sky is the limit at that point. Yeah. I know, I know with some of the, like a lot of the female athletes I deal with, um, you know, they, they, they come in not confident. They come in, um, quiet, some of them. And I know my first things I say to them are like, you know, ask questions, be allowed, have some kind of an outward attitude and like, have fun. You know, you know, when you walk in and out of here, that barbell needs to be yours. It doesn't need to be, you know, owning you, it doesn't need to be moving you around those, you know, dumbbells, whatever we're using, you have to be in control. And I think, you know, I've had got a girl right now, she's graduating, uh, or just graduated and is going to college, um, been with her for about two and a half years training her and um, recently transitioned her into Olympic weightlifting. And she is now getting, she's now getting to that point where she's itching to see those numbers go up, but is still focusing on, you know, are, are my knees moving correctly? Are my hips in the right spot? Um, is the pull like, is the bar too far out in front of me? And she's asking those questions. And for me, <laughs> bless you. And for, for me, Thank I look you. at it and go, you know, it shows a lot of maturity. You know, you're, you're able to say in your mind without saying it, you know, I, I didn't do this hundred percent right what's those few things, those little small things I can do to make up another 2% or 1%. 
and then it's another day is another half a percent or a percent. And you go, by this point, I'm at 90 out of 100. I'm not at 70 out of 100. So it's, it's really cool to see those, like those gears click and to watch them take those huge leaps, but in a small movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, it's very much that we were describing is that, you know, we start at one end of the circle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and through time and continued persistence and experience, you know, we kind of make our way all the way back around again. You know, it's like everything that was, you know, is now new. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing it through a different set of eyes. Yeah. And uh, it's like what you're describing with that athlete. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to grasp the idea and make it their own and, and, and things are just taken off for them, yeah. you know, and, and how exciting that must be for, for you. Yeah. You know, to, to see that happen firsthand. Yeah. I mean, it is fun. I now have athletes um, and I try and do it rarely um, is I make sure my, I try and make, I try and make sure my lift ends before they come in. I mean, there's plenty of times where it does overlap sometimes uh, with some of the volume I'm doing or, you know, the time frame. But um, when it does overlap, I like to use that time to show them something and say like, hey, I am putting in the work. Um, you know, I'm practicing my craft and you get to see me, you get to see me under stress and you get to see how I handle it. Yeah, what a powerful lesson that is. I mean, so often it's so easy for us, you know, to and and I think a hot topic um is is mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh I think oftentimes it's um misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think people have a difficult time actually putting a finger on what mental toughness is. And uh I'm sure many you know, have a different definition. I, th- I think mine goes around persistence. I think mine goes around consistent uh, and that being a mental tough thing. But you're absolutely right. You know, your athletes have an opportunity to see you. It's like, like what happens when your back's up? You know, yeah. like show me how to do that. You know, I, I, I particularly like um, conditioning um, with the athletes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, we have... Um, 33 yards of turf um, that we put in, you know, so we do a lot of sled pushes and, and different oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and there was a time I was conditioning with the swim team and we had two sleds going and we were doing partner sled pushes. So your partner would hop on the sled, you would push them for 30 yards, you know, and then you would switch at the other end and push you back. And I got absolutely owned. <laughs> You know, it it was amazing. It was absolutely, yeah. it was just like zombie legs, a jello. I, I could barely even unlock my knees, you know. But it was such a great opportunity to say, like, hey, how do you do this? Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden I, I, I reached, you know, they saw me reach a point, you know, that they'd never witnessed before. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, this sucks. How do you deal with it? You know, and I'm sure your athletes absolutely love that. You yeah. know, to see how you deal with stress, you know, because we're always putting them on the vulnerable side of things. And, you know, when we can 
show a little bit of vulnerability, I think that that goes, you know, miles for teaching and learning. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know, especially like when I make mistakes, uh, I, I point them out, but I don't make this big case about it. Um, same thing with them. Like, you know, they're sitting there and I know one of the biggest ones, especially when you're doing something you've never done is I don't want to look stupid or I feel like I'm doing it wrong right off the bat. And I just say, look, in what I do, I make a fool out of myself at least once a day in some way. Like if you want to label it like that, that's how you can do it. Um, you know, it's, you know, I might go to do a snatch and the bar goes way out in front of me and I'm like sprinting towards it, try and get it or something. You know, when I first started doing Olympic lifting or, you know, say I'm, I press something wrong and it, the sleeve pops out of the, of the plate on the floor. I don't know. could be anything. And I look at him and go, I, I laugh it off. I find it funny because I'm like, I did that. And then I go, okay, I need to focus. And you kind of just go from there. Like, what did I do wrong? How do I fix it? And then that's it. I try to them. I try to get them away from saying, you know, that's my fault or my bad or anything. I just say, look, there's no need for apologies unless you are consistently doing it and not fixing it. There's a um, a great book. Uh, it's uh, the Inner Game of Tennis, I believe. And um, what the author talks about is. Um, trying to eliminate judgment from how you talk and eliminate, sorry, that's uh, my dog there. Um, eliminating judgment, you know? So it, it's, and Kobe Bryant uh, talked about this. There's a YouTube video out there. I think that, uh, that Kobe Bryant talks a little bit about it. And this was when he, I think a couple of shots like his rookie year in the finals or something like that. And, and he was, talking to maybe Oprah about it. Nonetheless, it's the same idea is that, you know, there's no room for judgment. There's no good or bad. There just is. Yeah. And, you know, and, and when we start judging, when we start placing judgment upon those things, it's almost like we're creating this tally sheet in our, our mind. It's like, Ooh, that was a good rep or bad rep. And, and as soon as we can let go of that judgment, the good or bad, is when we're actually able to fix it when it kind of just is yes you know and think about it like how many snatches have you done or squat repetitions you know and and how many are good you know it's impossible to tell oh, yeah. like you know yeah. so right it's just kind of is and you and you learn from the ebbs and the flows and you it doesn't feel right or you know the extra ex execution you know, and which is a tough yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, I think it goes along with the same chasing the number as well. Like, I think the number uh, – and I know – I can't remember who the coach was, but um, I was a Division One coach. I want to say volleyball or basketball and said, um, I don't preach winning. I don't preach uh, record. Um, I just preach technique and how to do your job. And uh, – the score will take care of itself as long as you do your job, how you need to do it. And there's so many yeah. times like we were, um, it was actually one of my 18, 18 U players. Uh, we, she was my beach partner today and 
we were playing against this, you know, skilled, younger pair, and they were 16 and 14. And constantly, I mean, would ask, what's the score? What's the score? What's the score? And at no point, except for just to check and see how we were doing, did either one of us ever ask for the score. And I said, that's, that's a huge component right there. They're, you know, they're worried about a number. You know, I think the number comes in when you're developing strategy or a program. Um, when you're trying to get a game plan together, I think that's one of the only times that we should focus on any kind of numerical item. But it became more of what's our rhythm like? how are we playing together and what are we doing to make our, I guess our routine or our um, chemistry work? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in a certain way, you know, we can wrap that back to, you know, the persistency and, and the consistency is that, you know, so long as you're coming into the weight room every single day and you're working on, an Olympic movement or a squad or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it, it's going to continue to drive your average up and up and up and up and up, you know, mm. and right. I mean, the more feedback you'll get, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start tripping over heavyweights, you know what I mean? You start tripping over success because, you know, you're just constantly doing it. You know, there's, I really got to like, um, running the beep test and the yo-yo test uh, uh -huh. during the, the coronavirus uh, uh, lockdown. And um, I don't know, about mid-June, mid July, you know, someone came and joined me and, you know, I was just destroying it. And they're like, holy smokes, you know. I was like, don't, I mean, you can't be surprised. I do this twice a week, you know, like I've never missed a day, you know, since that time. So there, it should come to nice that it's that it's on the easier side for me because I continue to push, you know, my average up as opposed to getting like one really, you know, hard day or intense day and then three down days. You know, it's it's really the parable, it's the story of the tortoise and the hare. You know, I'm not sure if you uh remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and and how often things kind of fall into that. You know, we it will, we'll still have athletes who come in and they just want to lift the world in one day, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, Oh man, I, I want you to do this every single day. Like we're lifting today for you to come back and do it again tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And, um, you know, it's much like sport, you know, you, you just get so good at the basics. Like you had mentioned earlier, you know, those fundamentals are just so vital about showing up, you know, you just show up. Yeah, I remember. I remember whenever you were running the freshman, the freshman girls on the volleyball team through bar work for hand cleans, and um, you could see some frustration. They're like, I, "I feel like I'm doing this right. I feel like I'm doing this right." And I'm thinking, it's the bar. Like, if you can't, if you can't master the bar, the bar's gonna own you, and it's going to be something that you're always going to struggle with. And I know like when teaching uh, hand clean, clean and jerk, snatch, um, 
I run them through two months at least of bar work, learning to triple extension, um, learning how to high pull, learning how to move your body around the bar, learning how to push yourself in that uncomfortable situation of getting under the bar and then knowing you have the strength to actually lock out and stand up with the bar. And there are some obviously that pick it up immediately. There are some that takes another two, three weeks maybe, but eventually they get to that point where they're like, all right, I've had it. I'm, I'm going to get really good at this and I'm not wasting any more time. So that's the one thing I tell them, like, this is the, this is the most irritated you're going to get the most patience you have to show. And, um, the most difficult thing that you will do when we lift. Yeah. And, and like you said it there, you know what I mean? It's just doing it. You know, there's no other way around it. Can you hear, can you hear my dog? Yeah, I can. It's all good. <laughs> Come here. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Come up here. Come up here. All right. The better look. You're killing me. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just a matter of uh, if doing it and, and showing up, you know. And uh, I think that's where where coaching comes in too is that um, kind of feeling that frustration, you know. You you mm -hmm. can you can sense that frustration on someone else, and um, you know, help guide them through that process. And and as you were saying about the athletes kind of coming into your end of your session. Um, you know, and I, and I and I try to give this reflective question to myself as well as all my staff is, is how do you handle it? You know, when mm -hmm. you're learning something new, you know, um, how do you handle it? Like we can never get too far away from, from, from understanding, you know, people's learning processes, I think. Yeah, I used to get really frustrated really frustrated when someone would try and teach me something um and you know and i'm saying between 18 and like 23 24 you know i get really frustrated and you know I'm like i i can do this i know i can do this you know don't try and like explain every little detail and then it got to the point of <laughs> when one was you know doing my internship uh the other was volunteering with the women's volleyball team um those two big steps really made me listen. It really made me be quiet. And that was, that was something that I didn't really have to do a lot or I didn't force myself to do a lot. Um, I know my first time I had to do that was when um, <laughs> the whole staff, uh, you guys taught me the dynamic at the time and the uh, marching footwork on the wall and then the agility ladder or the uh, full work ladder. And I had to immediately repeat it to all of you. And that was another nerve wracking experience. But I use, I mean, I use a modified version of that dynamic to this day. I use a modified version of that footwork to this day. And I use those, the, the uh, marching footwork to this day. And I just adapt it to what we're doing. And that's where I kind of sit and go, you know, this is where 
this is where my roots are when it comes to my career. And that was one, that was one big reason I wanted to bring you on was to kind of showcase that. Like, you know, this was my first person that helped me realize I can do this and that I don't need to be, I don't need to feel small when coming into a big, big thing. I can still, I can still feel big. I can still do my job, but it's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, comfort is, is a slow death, you know, and training yourself to be comfortable being uncomfortable is, is such, such a vital thing, you know? And I think that, uh, you know, that's an experience that we try to give, you know, to you guys, to our graduate assistants. It's, it's a matter of, uh, of doing it. I mean, you know, it's, you just have to, just get out there and do it, but, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's definitely a, a tough thing. That's a, that's a huge step for, for many of us. Yeah. And I know, you know my, my biggest regret going through the internship was not doing, a, not doing more in the weight room was not coming in and lifting with all of you, you know, every other day or every day was not coming to every single conditioning at 6 a.m. Um, I remember running flagpole. And I remember that morning, and you said, look, you're probably not going to get all 10 and you know, in the time frame. And I remember having to pass the linemen and saying to myself, these guys are outworking me. I am half their size. I was like, I've run track. I'm, I'm, I – you know, I understand how to pace myself, but then I go, there's something about this I don't get yet. Can you hear me? I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah. Flagpole. Holy smokes, man. You're... That, that hill's brutal, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And then the that's good. Yeah, the other thing was doing um, stairmageddon. That was another thing. I oh, never, and I wish I did. That's that's definitely one that you would have. Uh, you probably you would probably still be sore. I know I am. I I think back to those days. I'm like, holy smoke! You know, it's crazy. So um, to kind of like move on to where the program is now. I know obviously with COVID and everything going on, uh, pretty much everything's on like virtual. It's online now. Um, what's changed within the weight room, like coaching methods, equipment, how you program. Um, I think that, that, uh, you know, for, for us, we continued to get better at the roots of teaching and the roots of teaching basics. You know, it seems as though the more, you know, speaking in, in principle terms, the better we got at reaching our athletes, spending a little bit more time on basics, on basic positions, helping them to work through, you know, maybe uncomfortable 
bar positions or stances, etc., or you know, possibly squat depths. You know, that that seems to, you know, that's a full thing for a lot of people. Um, and we put the majority of our emphasis there. You know, on on, on things that are that are measurable and manageable. You know, and uh, trying to just kind of peel back another layer on that stuff. Okay. Um, as far as the actual programming it goes itself, um, you know, there seems to be always a strength deficit. I would say a very small percentage of the athletes um, across the board, you know, are, are strong enough. You know, mm -hmm. and in that case, you know, when we look at that, um, you know, it's like when does strength become uh, a detriment as opposed to a benefit the athlete's health. And that's how I would categorize it as being strong enough. And I would say that we would find that more on the track side and specifically more on the, the short sprinters. Mm -hmm. um, you, we would find, and then on the, the other end of the, uh, the pendulum or the polar of that would be like a distance runner. You know, like those, those two athletes can kind of reach that benchmark rather quickly. Yeah. Um, essentially because that is their sport, which is training. Yeah. Um, but for team sports, you know, it's rare that someone is going to reach that benchmark of being strong enough, you know, and, and they spend so much time doing things that are, you know, in but they don't have a direct connection with the weight room like track and field would, you know? So um, it's allowed us to reevaluate like how we see our athletes and, you know, make sure that they're moving. And, you know, it's kind of hard to argue strength, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of picking away at that. Yeah. Um, athleticism and power and agility, all those things are still wrapped up into it. You know, but that seems to be a common deficit across the board, um, you know, for our athletes. And I mean, think about it, like, and, and I, and I, I kind of question the recruits when they come in, you know, or, or kind of that, and I'm like, what coach is like, you know what, Bobby, I want you to make my athletes a little weaker, <laughs> a little slower, a little less resist, like that's never in the conversation. Yeah. Right. It's always make them, you know, stronger, faster, more resilient, jump high, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and a lot of that, a lot of that foundation is going to be built from strength. You know, it's uh, again, I mean, I try to think of all the athletes that I've seen and, and not a one of them who were at the, you know, high, high point of their game was weak. Yeah. Now with like, you know? uh, football and everything like if we apply that whole train of thought when it comes to like the big combine drills like the the um bench press um i think that's gonna be the bigger one is the bench press um do you equate the reps on the bench press to what they can do when they're on the line or what they can do you know what i mean like i feel like it's it is just like a singular component within their pro day workout but um, in what way does just your chest or just your upper body, like your, your complex upper body movement, how does that define your ability as an athlete within maybe a pushing style position? 
I think that um, I think it's become like the exercise, you know, quote yeah. unquote. I mean, uh, you you can certainly measure someone's strength, but but um, you know, if if that's if that's the the metric that you were using, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if if right, and that's what the combine does, right? Every press. So now we can you know we can plot you where where you compare to everyone else you know but as we know simple physics so i bench press um 350 pounds right and the guy next to me or across from me is 350 pounds you know and we can start to analyze that and like how fast i'm able to bench press 350 or maybe the guy standing across from me is 350 and 170 you know what i mean simple physics like my strength at that particular point and junction yeah. is almost null and void yeah. you know because he's just massive so i think that there's been um kind of like a premium that's mm -hmm. been placed upon the bench press i don't think it's a bad exercise you know but i think that it's widely misunderstood in terms of its either athletic or strength implications you know mm -hmm. um i think a more well-rounded you know, we, we need to be strong in so many other areas, yeah. you know, than simply just the bench press. And it kind of goes with what I was saying about the strongest athletes. Like if we have an athlete who, let's say, bench presses 450 pounds, it's like, well, that's awesome. Maybe we should do something else. Or I, I would hope that the other lifts are equally as strong as that one, you know. And then that's where, you know, a potential counseling would come in in terms of or mentor. It's like, hey, man. You know, you really have a gift here. However, we want to make sure that we're we're properly balancing this with, you know, the other things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, we don't want to get like too far to one side, you know? Yeah. And I know even if you compare that, just like you say, like the whole idea, like just basic physics and you have a competitive weightlifter, maybe we'll say 70 kilograms and they're throwing, you know, three, 400 pounds on a snatch, um, they're still not going to push a 275 tight end, even though they're more explosive to an extent, obviously. They're stronger um, to a certain extent, but I think that's where it comes down to how, how do they move more than how much do they move around. And that's what I try and get with my guys um, that I train all my male athletes is I want you to move really well. And then we can load you to then move really well with a higher intensity or a more complex, you know, we'll say a more loaded spine and, you know, let's see you accelerate hard up out of a squat with 225 rather than just repping it for 10 let's get a hundred percent acceleration at eight or at six, you know, I, I think we're going to get a lot more use out of the movement. And it's not about trying to do all these complexes and everything like doing it clean to a front squat, to a press. It's just about maximizing, like you're saying, maximizing those movements within sport without trying to hammer down on the number and, worry about, oh, well, his total isn't as good as this recruit. I don't want you to get overlooked. You know, I think that's where, you know, physics comes into play and you get to see those highlight reels 
or we'll say game footage more than anything else. You know, I'm me personally, like if I'm looking at it as a college volleyball coach, I want to see how they move on the court. I'm not interested in their weightlifting totals. Cause if they're moving on the court, well, then that tells me that their body's healthy or at least it seems that it's healthy and it has good mobility. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when Coach Peter Letourneau had come in, you know, one of the changes that we had made um, was on our jump totals, you know, and um, the great thing is that instead of measuring, you know, our verticals or our block jumps or our approaches in terms of inches. So, for instance, you know, like I'm uh, not quite as tall as many people, right? So, uh, if I'm jumping 30 plus inches, you're like, whoa, that's really impressive. You know, but if you see what I'm touching, right, that's a whole different story. So, what I'm getting at is instead of you know, us like really diving in and saying this person has a 30 inch or 35 inch approach. It's like, well, let's 10 2, et cetera. And that becomes a little bit more of uh, a relative number that we can, you know, start to associate with some more performances, you know, or at least potential performances. Um, you know, because it's difficult sometimes, as you're, as you're saying, to, use the weight room as you know a barometer for performance which we know are two different things and um you know our job you know is to be able to to see an engineer and say what exercises can i actually do in the gym that are going to benefit you know my athletes or this individual and, you know from the core of it i think what what we've come to see and continue to realize is you know there's not much outside of the basics like the basics always have to be present you know and and i think this this goes across the board in terms of you know training longevity short and long term is it's hinge push pull you know carry crawl or you know have some locomotion those things are always interdispersed in the training you know, it's like your meat and potatoes, sort of, so to speak. And then, then you can start. And going back to, to uh, summarizing what you were saying about your male athletes, you know, you imagine uh, a pyramid. And at the very bottom of the pyramid, and, you know, this is the scale in which we teach our mm -hmm. a athletes exercises, is how well can you do a particular exercise? Mm -hmm. And then, right, like once we've kind of got that, how much can you do? right? How many reps, how much weight, etc. Like once you have some, some technical proficiency, let's move up to the next block and say how much. Yeah. And then once you get there, we can move up to the very top of the pyramid, which is how fast, mm. you know, and, and oftentimes skip those steps. And I think it's maybe less of a triangle and more of a circle, you know, because you always can't stay in as you've probably come to realize with Olympic movements, eventually you need to add a little bit of weight. You get a little extra feedback and it'll help you learn to do the movement a whole lot faster. And then you can go back 
and continue to work on proficiency with the bar, a little bit of weight, kind of test yourself, you know, and then you circle back around, yeah. you know, like you don't want to stay like a periodized kind of chart, you know, you don't want to stay in one spot too, too long, yeah. you know, whether it gets boring or you get frustrated or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that, and it's kind of ideas, you know, how well, how much, how fast, how well, how much, how fast. I know we, like, I always try to um, reevaluate like that. Um, I know a lot of the athletes don't see that. Um, I think after, you know, I have a good chunk of them that will, like, listen to this at some point will now realize it, that we don't always go hard, hard, hard. There is an up and down, up and down in a way, and we do kind of – go, okay, well, you know, if you can go four by 10 at this, well, you know, let's, let's go down to like a three by six. Let's see what we can do. Can we build on this? You know, you already have a, a, a good base, but let's, let, let's go a little bit harder. Let's, let's push those limits a little bit. And I know I don't always, I never max out. I never max out my athletes only because there's, I don't see any point in it. Um, I, it it's a cool number to have. Don't get me wrong. It's awesome to say I, back squat at three, 315 or 400 or whatever. But, you know, when, when you say I back squatted 405 and I go, okay, well, let me see it. I want to see what, what your technique was like. Like, you know, was your core brace? Did you, did, did you cave in your chest? You know, um, did, did your hips go down to at least parallel? I mean, did you drive with your knees out? I mean, there's so many things and I always go, you know, the most you're probably going to do is like a 90%. And you might do like a three rep range. And, you know, it'll be the same kind of thing with power. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to have you do 10 hang cleans at 100 pounds. Um, to me, I have no reason to have you do that. I'll have you do maybe like a four by four and make you stay at your 80% or your 70%, wherever we're at. And it's more of a, how fast can you get while in control? So can, can you control mm -hmm. the car while, while it's starting to skid? If you can, cool. Let's straighten the car out. Now, how can we accelerate through the turn? You know, and it's, it's I think the perfect, the perfect example of that is, now I'm going way out, is uh, drift racing. You know, the guys that do it competitively and they can literally turn a car almost 90 degrees and rip it around, you know, a four or 500 foot turn at 70 miles an hour. You know, it's you, you can control the skid. When you can control the skid, I think you understand more of your boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. You know, when we when we talk about, uh, and I think testing our athletes. You know, okay. I'm interested in in very, you know, relevant numbers and squat, or if I can jump and touch ten feet, like one time when the moon is blue, you know, and the cloud is just to the left a little bit, and there's 14 stars up into the sky. You know, you're like, well, that doesn't help me out at all. Right, because every day I can jump up and touch nine eight. Like no matter what, if I'm sore, if I feel great, like I can hit nine eight every single day. And you know, all of a sudden, those become a little bit of 
you know, more powerful variables because, right, that's your average. Mm. It's like, this is who I am every single day, you know? And it's kind of like an all the time strong sort of thing. It's like, you know, back in the day, I squatted 500 pounds and it's like, well, that doesn't make, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is what you can do right now today, right? And I think that's the flux, you know, that's, that's the flux that we want to see is that, you know, where's your strength, where's your power at every single day? Because as a team sport athlete, right, um, the averages matter. Track the periodized that one time, like, right, we, we prepare, like our track athletes would be coming in in August and we're looking for them to compete, you know, in the indoor off seasons, our time to build strength, but we need to be, and we need to be able to maintain a high average of strength, power, and athleticism consistently through, I think a lot, you know, some people kind of get those things confused a little bit, but those high averages like you're saying about the testing, you know, are way more important than a one, one time kind of deal, you know? Yeah. So, um, we got about, three yeah, minutes I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So we got about three minutes left. Um, uh, what I want from you is your, what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten and what would you tell to some of those like athletes looking to come into college to play and, um, what would you look to see, I guess, there be a change, like a shift within the strength and conditioning um, field? So you want to, uh, the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten? Yes. Um, let me think. That's a tough one. Uh, be the person person that you want to see in others okay i think a really solid piece of advice that i've got all right i know i've heard that before you know, so, i love so often we look to other other people to change yeah yeah so but i do want to say thank you bobby um and then uh second question was what do i have yes um what, what advice do you have for those athletes coming in to college? Advice for the athletes coming into college? Yes. Um, just have to do it, man. Keep, keep your bodies fit and uh, learn how to learn. Okay. All right. I know that's very, it's very, very loaded. And I know that's a very hard lesson to understand too. So, um, but I do want to say thank you so much because I really appreciate it. Um, it's been great catching up with you and I know we'll, we'll catch up a lot sooner than, you know, five, six years. Um, but I will be in contact soon. Um, I definitely want to talk to you guys again and, uh, go over everything again and kind of get down deeper. Absolutely. Into this. Man. <laughs>
It's great to see you, talk with you, man. I'm so happy for you that you're doing well and that, you know, you're, you're kicking butt, man. That's just, uh, that's incredible. I'm so, so pumped for you. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I will talk to you soon and thank you again. Uh, All right, Ann. Thank you.